as always, Jesus is always the focus, but we're going to kind of hone in on uh, a certain topic called discipleship that we're going to be talking about today, and specifically our goal of getting you to meet with someone else in a discipleship relationship. Uh, And I'm going to get to the why behind that in just a few minutes, but just by show of hands, um, let me say this, let me ask this question. How many of you whether it was right when you first got saved and you became born again, or maybe even it was a few years or years after, you had a person, one person, um, that you met with regularly for accountability, for teaching, for equipping, someone that showed you how to read and study your Bible, how to pray, how to hear the voice of God. I'm not talking about just a pastor that you went to a church and heard preach about it, but someone you met with on a very regular basis for a long extended period of time. How many of you had that? Okay. How many of you would you say, look how few it was. We're going to get to that in a minute. How many of you would would say you grew as a Christian just by going to church and maybe plugging into some Bible studies or some small groups? And this is exactly what I would figured, most of us. Did you know the Bible actually teaches, teaches the opposite? Jesus taught us to go and make disciples in more of that one-on-one intimate setting. And so we're going to get to that. So that's going to be our focus. Now, will you still have a church to attend on Sundays where you hear pastors feed you the Word of God? Yes. Will you still have opportunities for a, a Bible study or a small group to be plugged into? And is that important? Absolutely, but we are going to be more intentional about getting you connected with another person to help you grow or to help them grow, and most of the time it'll always be both. You might think you're helping someone else grow, but you're going to be growing even more. And so I have a little analogy that I want to share, actually a couple of them. So as tempting as it is to start literally tracing Jesus uh, on your papers there, just kind of hang on to those. We're going to refer to them in just a little bit, um, but not quite yet. So I want to uh, begin with, with prayer, and then I want to remind us of Jesus's mission uh, for his church, and then I want to remind you of our mission here at Truth and Grace Fellowship as we begin, okay? So would you join me in praying together first and foremost? Father God, thank you for the opportunity to look at your word. And God, I pray in 2020, we would be more focused and intentional about not only being in the word together with other people, but God, even for ourselves, just to start our day or end our day or, or, or have over our lunch hour, whatever the case may be, where God, we have your Bible open and we are allowing you to use it to speak to us, and God, you're hearing from us as well. Lord, I pray today that we would really get this message. Uh, Lord, that you would bring understanding and guidance. Holy Spirit, may you use me in whatever way you see fit to help your people understand this very important mission that you have called us to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so let's begin with Jesus' mission in Matthew chapter 28. Verses 18 through 20, this is uh, where we will begin. 
Then Jesus came to them and said, okay, does anyone know when the then is? When is this taking place? Before or after Jesus has been resurrected? You don't know? After. This is after. So Jesus has done, paid the price for your sin. We remember together with communion what he has done for us. Jesus has been resurrected. He comes to his disciples. He's getting ready to go back to the Father in heaven. So he's leaving them flesh and blood. And he's going back to his Father in heaven. And he's given them this last word of exhortation, of encouragement, of teaching, of mission. It's known as the Great Commission. Commission meaning two words, common mission commission. We call this the Great Commission. Jesus came to his disciples and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, since Jesus has all the authority since he has it in heaven where he's always have it, and now since he's gotten it back on earth because he defeated death, sin, and Satan, he said, therefore, go and what? Make disciples. So we're going to, I know that's a very Bible word. We, we try to use it a lot around here, but we still get confused about this word, so we're going to define that. So because that's really important, he told us to go make disciples. Of how many nations? all of them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to what? Obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is Jesus' calling to his disciples. Now, what you and I need to decide before we go any further and before you decide if you're going to continue listening or not is was this command only for these 11 disciples remember or judas went out and hung himself so there's just 11 now was this command was this commission only for the 11 disciples or was it for all disciples we we have to we have to make that decision it's no, there's no doubt because just think about it what would have the better chance of getting disciples amongst all the nations if all of the 11 disciples made disciples who made disciples who made disciples or just the 11 went around making disciples and then it stopped there so all of us so this is a command that if you are a born-again Christian if you are a disciple you are commanded by God you are commanded by your Lord and Savior to go make other disciples. Let's just start with your nation, but it could be any nation. Your neighbor might be from a different nation, okay? Go and make disciples, baptizing them. Uh, a few weeks back, we saw a father baptize a son. Pastors aren't the only ones called to disciple and to make disciples and to baptize people, right? Any disciple can baptize someone else. And I want to see more of that. We are to baptize them. We are also what? Teach them to obey all things that Jesus commanded. Now, this is different than someone with the gift of teaching that's called to teach in front of a large group of people. But we are all called 
to help make disciples by teaching someone else what that looks like. All right, so that's really, really important. So it's really important that we understand what that word disciples mean, um, what it means. So before we do that, now let me remind you of our mission here at Truth and Grace Fellowship. Should our mission be different than that of Jesus's if we are a Jesus-focused church? Should it be different? No, it shouldn't. So this is how we say what Jesus said to his disciples. Our mission here at Truth and Grace Fellowship is to what? Invite, encourage, and equip others to trace their lives after Jesus. If you trace your life after Jesus, you are a disciple. So now your responsibility as a member of Truth and Grace Fellowship, at least those of you that have braved the membership covenant, <laughs> those of you that have signed that, some of you still haven't. We got a new members class coming up uh, here in a few weeks. You're welcome to uh, participate once again and make that final um, decision to, to join Truth and Grace Fellowship. So what you're saying is, yep, I agree with this mission. And so now our responsibility is to invite and encourage and equip. That's train or disciple. We'll get to that in a minute other people how to trace their lives after Jesus because that's what he has called us to do so we say it a little different but it's the same mission every local church should have the mission of Jesus tied to it in some way shape or form so just as Jesus expected his disciples to go and make more disciples we expect those of us who are tracing our lives after Jesus. And again, you don't have to be perfect. We're all on a journey. Some of you just started learning how to trace your life after Jesus. Some of you have been tracing your life after Jesus for many years, and you've still not arrived. None of us will. It's an ongoing thing. And so um, the expectation is that we will continue uh, to do that, to invite, encourage, and equip others. Uh, think of a personal trainer. Think of a of a life coach. I've, I've used this analogy before. Uh, I know some of you um, are, are training or coaching others in their health in a physical way, whether that be weight loss and or eating right uh, and or working out. There's a check-in on a regular basis when you are a personal trainer or a personal life coach. Now some of us try to do that on our own, and some of us may be successful on our own, and that's awesome. But Jesus told us his way is that we would be way more successful if we did it with someone else instead of on our own strength, on our own power. He didn't set up his church to do it that way. He set up his church to personally train, to coach, to equip, to disciple, to care for, to love, to pray for, to encourage one another. And we all have a responsibility in that. So um, this is how the church grows exponentially. So I want to do that. I need some volunteers. If I just point at you, you don't have to say anything or do anything weird, I promise. But let's just say this. Let's just start here. So let's say um, I, as your pastor, I make two disciples. Mandy and Marley, come on up really quick. All right? So I make two disciples. All right? And it takes me, sure, right here. It takes me, I don't know, 
it, it's not a sprint, so it's going to take some time for me to train them in some of the stuff that Jesus commanded, all right? And then how to uh, dig into the Word of God for themselves. So I might spend a year or two or three years with these two, all right? And then I just say, okay, bye-bye, stay here, though. And then I go decide three years later, all right, um, you three, come on up. You, you teenagers, come on. Come on. I make three more over the next three years, all right? So I'm adding to the disciples I'm making. That would take me a long time to exponentially grow the church, wouldn't it? A long time. But if I trained Marley how to follow Jesus, she's going to now know how to follow Jesus. And if she understands that her job is now also to go point two people out, just go grab them. Come on up. So now, I've discipled these two. Marley disciples two. Mandy, you get to point two people out. Heather and Alan, come on up. So now, Mandy's discipling two others. You three, pick two out. Just go grab them really quick or something. Point them out. Tell them to get up here. So, so this is what maybe have taken me five years to make five disciples. Now in that same five-year time, if I train them how to then be encouraged and equipped to go out and find others and make others, now they're going to continue doing that. And guess what I do? I don't just say, my job's done, do I? I now do what? I go make some more. And then all of these up here now, what do they do? They go point out too. They go make some more. Do you see how quickly the church is going to grow? Okay, you guys can all be seated. Thank you. We, we in the church today have gotten away, I should say this, especially the American church, and not all of them, but just a lot of them. We've gotten away from teaching people how to teach people how to follow Jesus. And we've relied solely on the pastor or just the church, meaning Oh, I like to attend a church, but um, I'm part of making disciples by being part of a church, and they kind of make disciples. They have classes you can take, and I just keep attending, and I participate some, but I don't ever make any. And that's the church in America a lot today, and so we're going to turn the tide. We're going to start this year focusing on making you uh, an equipped disciple who now has Jesus' power and authority to go and make other disciples. Not in a weird way, not in a forceful way, just in a way that you simply pray and you invite someone else to come and you start influencing your life. And then when someone gets baptized, they're going to need someone to, to kind of care for them, to help them along. When a baby is born, can you imagine if mom and dad just said, hey, Baby, just show up once a week on a Sunday morning, get around some adults, and you'll be just fine. And maybe on Wednesday night, get around a smaller group of adults, and you'll be just fine. What does that baby need? Daily, in that case, hourly, I mean, it needs a caretaker. Now, spiritually, it's the same way. Now, I don't expect you to make the commitment of daily just walking around with someone and following them everywhere, showing them how to follow Jesus. But it should be more than just us all getting together. 
you can meet with someone once a week and had some common things that you were to do regarding the Word of God or prayer or whatever, uh, and you keep each other accountable and you teach and you lead, hey, how'd that go? And you coach them, hey, how can I pray for you? Hey, where'd you mess up this week? And in truth and grace, we just don't say, you know, you dummy, you messed up. That's too much truth. And we don't say, oh, no big deal. Just go mess up again next week. Jesus is full of grace. We, we, we come at it with truth and grace. We say, okay, you messed up, great. Um, what have you learned? What could we do differently? How can I pray for you next week? Next week, you do the same thing. And so do we start to understand this principle of life-on-life life discipleship? So uh, let's get in out of, well, just what is a disciple? I've used some terms already, but I really want you to get these down. I have it up here if you want to write down some simple definitions. These are literal definitions of the Greek word for disciple, which is mephetes, and it means one who follows after, one who walks behind, Remember, I think Josh has shared a lot. He's talked about putting your nose right in the backbone of Jesus and just following him and just wherever he goes. Picture that, walking behind Jesus. And we talked about this, well, and we're going to some more. Jesus is what? The Word of God. So this is why we are to have our faces and noses in this book because it helps us walk behind Jesus. To walk behind someone also is to show that you are not an authority they are right now not in a like master slave way i'm not talking about human to human uh, when we make disciples of one another but i'm talking about we're all learning how to follow jesus that's who we are a disciple of so a disciple is one who is also a committed student i mean we don't we all go to school for years and then some of you get done and you go to another school for years and then you wrap that school up and you go to another school for years. And then some of us go on to college and go to more school for years. Some of us go four more years and then what? We want our master's degree or our doctorate's degree or depending on what field you choose, what do you do? You go to school. It takes being a committed student. That's what the word disciple means. And so we're going to put the of Jesus. We are all called to be disciples of Jesus. So if we're a disciple of Jesus, I'm one who follows after Jesus. I'm one who walks behind Jesus. I let him lead. I follow. I'm one who is a committed student of Jesus. That means head knowledge of what he taught in his word, and it also means life application. Am I applying that to my life? Does that make sense? Okay. There is a, um, oh, let me, let me um, define discipleship, or because disciple can also mean a verb. Can, you can disciple someone. So discipleship is the process of training people in some discipline or way of life, right? The process of training people in some discipline or way of life. Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. Just because you repent and believe and are saved doesn't mean you just know all there is of what it means to follow Jesus. You have to be trained in that discipline or way of life. Your life should change drastically. It doesn't have to be your family or your job that changes, but you, your character, 
your um, priorities change when you decide to follow Jesus and put him first, don't they? And that takes time to learn and wrestle through that because we still have a sin nature that we hang on to. There was a phrase in um, first century Jewish culture um, that people would say, may you be covered in the dust of your rab rabbi. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. In other words, may you follow your teacher so closely, literally, may, when he walks, may the dust fly up and stick to you. And so I love this phrase. I taught that phrase to George, and, and I learned it from, I think it was a, a Rob Bell Numa video, actually, one day. Um, but I love that phrase. And so we are to be followers of Jesus. Again, if I'm making a disciple, I don't mean you follow me around that way. That's how it was in, in, the, in the New Testament time. But when Jesus came, he's the master. And so now he's equipped others who will train others who will train others to follow him, not them. Does that make sense? Rabbis like to have disciples following them because it made them look good. We are about pointing people to Jesus and helping each other follow the only rabbi there is. In fact, Jesus said, don't call anyone else teacher or rabbi or, or father even. He's like, for one is your father, one is your rabbi, one is your teacher. Whose responsibility is it to convert a sinner or to save a soul? Is that your job? Is it my job? Not directly, is it? Who's, whose responsibility is it? Who's the only one that can save a soul? God, ultimately, through his word, through the church, through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin, right? And so the person then that's being convicted, they have a responsibility also, don't they? What's their responsibility? To believe the message, the gospel, the story of Jesus, and to turn, to repent, to, oh wow, if, if that's the truth, if my sin has separated me from God, and the only way to God is through Jesus and what he did, then I want to get to God, I want to get to heaven, I don't want any longer the penalty for my sin, which is death, and separation eternally from God. So I'm going to stop living the way I was living and live for God. So the Holy Spirit has the responsibility to convict us all of our sin. And when you guys felt that conviction, you had a choice to make. Ignore it, resist it, or accept it and respond to it. So those of us that responded and believed and repented and turned from our lives that soul now got converted. God's spirit moved in, and we are now born again. But whose responsibility is it to make a disciple? It's ours. So only God can convert a sinner. By his grace, through their faith, we are saved, right? But Jesus is now saying, hey, once that sinner is converted, you now are to find those sinners that have been converted and make them followers, committed students, disciples, who obey, what, who get baptized. So we talk to them about baptism. That comes early on, right? Who get baptized. And then we meet with them on a regular basis because we need time 
to teach them the things that Jesus taught because he's the way and the truth and the life. And so that we would obey, we would observe, we would learn, we would grow, we would follow, we would apply the things that he taught to our lives so that we can live the lives that he's called us to live. Does that make sense? Great. Glad it makes sense with everyone. So um, our vision or our focus for 2020 here at Truth and Grace is going to be obedience-based discipleship. It's solely um, fixated on, on Matthew 28, the Great Commission. How many times have we really been challenged and held accountable to in a loving way, not in a judging way, in a loving way that, hey, are we obeying Jesus? Are we obeying his commands? Or do we just, now that we're saved, go to church and that's it? See, the church has kind of taught that. And I want to get back to Jesus' commission, Jesus' mission for us, that we're to help teach and train others how to obey what he taught, how to apply it to their life. Because you know what? Not only is it going to grow and advance the kingdom of God, but it's going to benefit you. I guarantee you, give me a, a believer who doesn't follow Jesus, which again, I still cringe, that, but there can be that thing. That's for a whole nother topic because we're not saved by works. But there's then a believer that's also a disciple, which by the way, biblically, all believers are called to be disciples. We're all called to follow Jesus. It's not like Jesus says, I just want some of you to believe in me and some of you to follow me. What was his original call when he called people? Hey, follow me. Hey, follow me. Can you follow someone unless you believe in him? No, you got, so that's like a given. We today are like, well, I believe Jesus, but I don't follow him. And that church believes in Jesus, they don't follow him or whatever. We believe in Jesus, but don't follow him. We're saved, great, awesome. And that, I, I hope you have confidence that you're saved. The Bible says we can have it. But if we're planning on believing in Jesus and not following him, we're missing something biblically. Jesus called us all to follow him because he's the way, the truth, and the life. So, um, all right, everybody get out your picture of Jesus. Go ahead and grab it. Just the picture of Jesus for now. Well, you can kind of grab all three. Pencil, picture of Jesus, and your little, your tracing paper. How do you like that? Jacob, go ahead and put up the next slide, please. So you, you got three things. You have the picture of Jesus, and that picture represents God's Word, the Bible. Why does the picture of Jesus represent the Word of God? Anyone like really on the same page as me? Why is Jesus equal to the Word of God? Because he is the, yes, very good, all right. Because he is the word. The Bible says that. We're going to get to that in a minute. So the picture of Jesus, if you're going to trace your life after Jesus, you need Jesus, right? So we need the word of God. The pencil, what do you do with the pencil? You write stuff, you journal, you write a story. So that pencil represents your life. And guess what? You get to choose. You get to choose how you write your life. You get to choose if you're going to write it, you get to choose if someone else is going to write your story. 
and you follow them, or you get to choose if God, your creator, is going to write your story, and you use that story to follow him. We all have a choice. You're going to live for someone else, or yourself, or for God who created you. Doesn't it make sense to live for the one who created you, and knows you by name, and knew you before you were even born? And so that tracing paper, what does that do? It helps you see through to Jesus, right? So that represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you when you believe and repent. And His role is to help you see Jesus. His role is to help you to remember what Jesus said so you can trace your life after Him. His role is to convict you when you're getting off of the way to get back onto the way. Right? Do any of you guys remember the, the movie Patch Adams? I've used this before. It's one of my favorite movies. Now, it's probably got some parts. I haven't watched it in a while. But you remember when he's in the insane asylum? And he's, and he's talking with that doctor. And that doctor, who everyone thinks crazy, is going around. He's got four fingers in the air. How many fingers do I got up? And everyone's saying four. And he thinks they're all nuts because they're saying four. And he finally teaches Patch Adam, played by Robin Williams, how to see a different answer than what everyone else sees. And so if four is holding up in front of you, and it's the problem you're trying to solve, sometimes you got to look through the problem to see a different answer. And so if you hold four fingers up, or just actually one's the easiest. Everybody do that. Hold one finger up. Just focus on that one finger. You see one finger, right? Now focus, put that finger between me and you and focus on me, but still have that finger up. How many fingers you see now? Two. Sometimes you got to see through the problem to see the answer. The Holy Spirit helps us see through our problems to see who? To see Jesus. So I let Patch finally gets it, and he's like, eight's a good answer. Because, you know, four, and you, you look through it, and you kind of see eight, which that's kind of hard, because sometimes I'm like six, because anyway, but I love that analogy, and it reminded me of this is when I was doing this kind of piece of paper. So that's what we need. We need God's Word. We need the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said we also need what? Someone else. So here's this analogy also. If I told, and I want you guys to do this this week. I want you to take this home. You can have the pencil too. When you get home, <laughs> that way you're not guilty of stealing and having to come back and repent next week. Which, if you steal something today, don't wait till next week to repent and confess, right? Okay, you, can, you don't have to be at church uh, to repent or to confess. So this is what I want you to do. I want you, when you get home this week, I really want us all, I know you're busy, but I want you to try this. I want you to take that picture and another piece of paper that's not tracing paper, and I want you to try to draw Jesus without using the tracing paper. All right? That picture. I want you to draw that picture as best you can without the tracing paper, and then after you're done trying that, then you take the tracing paper and that pencil, and now you trace Jesus and you come back next week, and I want to hear from you if the drawing on your own is better than your tracing drawing. How many of you think, oh, I would so much easier draw Jesus freehand on my own than using this tracing paper? No way. Here's what God showed to me. Jeremy, so many people are following me on their own. They're in the Word. They go to church. 
but they're not getting a lot. They would follow me so much better if they chose to meet with someone else and not only follow Jesus themselves, but to be a part of a church, be plugged into a small group, but to meet with someone on a regular basis doing the same things so iron can sharpen iron, so they can encourage one another and pray for one another and build each other up and keep each other accountable, which is the very middle core value of truth and grace fellowship. You're going to follow Jesus a lot better when you have someone like that you can do it with instead of on your own. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, just do the homework this week and it'll make a lot of sense. Oh yeah, I thought I could really do it. And some of you can. You're very artistic. I still think you're going to be able to trace Jesus better than doing it on your own. You'll get, I mean, you'll get it exactly right, right? And so we can help each other come closer at getting it exactly right. It's going to take a lifetime anyway and beyond that. But if you only do it yourself, some of you are going to walk around like, man, you say you follow Jesus, but you don't look like Jesus at all. I'm drawing that I'm way off. Right? Some of you be like, oh, okay, I can kind of see it. But if you trace Jesus, be like, man, you're really, you're really starting to look like Jesus. So that's your homework assignment. Have fun, be artistic, be a kid again, color it if you want to, you know, whatever. Okay, someone asked me this question. Why did I use this picture of Jesus? And um, I'm glad I saw them. They're, they're here today. So I, I kind of left them. I gave them a cliffhanger. I left them hanging. Uh, and we better get going. But uh, reason number one, actually, yeah, let me skip to this. Let me, let's go to, well, let's go through these really quick. Pull up the Hebrews 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, who he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Okay, that's, that's this picture of Jesus. He equals the word of God. John 1.14 says, uh, the word of God became flesh. Next passage, please. Is it up there? John 1.14. Yeah. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, full of truth and grace. It doesn't matter which order, why? Because he was full of both. We say truth and grace here for uh, other reasons. But Jesus was full of both, and he was the word that became flesh. We don't have flesh and blood Jesus with us anymore, so we can't literally follow Jesus' flesh and blood around anymore, can we? But we have his word. This is one replacement of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the other replacement of Jesus. Jesus said, it's better for you if I go away, because if I go away, I'm going to send you back the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. Now you don't have to just come to one place, me, a person, to get everything I know. You can have it right there with you at all times. That's why when we choose to follow Jesus, you don't have to leave your family or leave your job, like the original disciples did. They had to just drop their nets, their fishing, their family, because Jesus was flesh and blood, and they had to follow him around everywhere. So you don't have to change. Now, if he calls you to change that, you change it. But the Holy Spirit now lives in you. So if you're a doctor, he goes inside of you to meet with your patients. If you're a pastor, if you're a teacher, if you're a nurse, if you're a student, the Holy Spirit goes where you go. 
You don't have to change what you do or who you are. The Holy Spirit's with me when I'm a husband and when I'm a father and when I'm a pastor and when I'm a servant and when I'm a coach and when I'm at Walmart. I don't have to go find Jesus to follow him. I need his word, though, and I have the Holy Spirit now. Isn't that awesome? So that's what it means to follow Jesus. Other stuff changes, but that kind of stuff doesn't. Okay, so why did I choose this picture? Number one, first reason. It's because this was the picture of Jesus I saw when God gave me the vision for Truth and Grace Fellowship years ago when I was pastoring a church up in Shorewood, Illinois. Remember, I was prayer walking. A lot of you know the story. I was prayer walking around the church. Our church needed a new church sign, literally. It was just small and old and falling apart. And God gave me this vision of that picture of Jesus and the word trace church above it and so that's what birth is i went inside the journal trace ah, truth and grace jesus was the word he was full of truth and grace uh, the scripture started coming back to me so that's one reason uh, that i pick that picture here's the second reason he hebrews 2 or excuse me 12 sorry Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Sin so easily ensnares us. When you meet one-on-one -on -one with someone, you guys can talk about it. You're not going to come at church and share your sins. You're not going to share in a small group probably your sins. Some of us will, but not the 2% we don't tell people. But if you start meeting in a trusted relationship with another brother or sister in Christ, you can learn to even tell them the hidden 2%. Because if you don't bring that sin out into the light, it's going to ensnare us. But if you want to be free, you got to bring what's in the dark out to the light. You just do. And it's so much easier to have a trusted brother like Josh for me that I, I can tell anything to. And I can trust him with it because we built that kind of relationship. So that's going to take some time. But man, it's so freeing. Looking unto Jesus, verse 2 of this, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is why I picked this picture also. I thought of this scripture. We hear the word Jesus, and so many times we think about the cross, we think about pain, we think about serious, we think about whatever we think about. We rarely think about this joy, healthy, fun life because he died on a cross. And yet the passage says here, Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, because he knew it was on the other side of the cross. You and I are not going to be without crosses in our life. We're going to have to pick some up. We're going to have to carry some burdens. We're going to have to go through some trials. But we can face them with joy if we understand, as Jesus did, on the other side of those is kingdom growth, is your life being changed, and other people's lives being changed. It makes us more willing to go through that, even with joy. And again, thirdly, if there's a third reason, 
Just Google pictures of Jesus. Rarely do you find one like that. And we'll just be different. We're going to be like, Jesus said, I want my joy to be full in you because he had full joy. He did. So we can have joy even through our pain. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's wrap up here. This is what I want us to do. So we basically have, you have another sheet uh, on your chair. You should have it. It should look like this. It's smaller. And so this is what I want to ask you to do. And there's going to be a box on a black table back as you go out. And we're going to try to put it right in your way so you don't miss it. So you're going to say, I'm ready to grow as a disciple. In other words, what that means is, I would like to be matched up with a disciple maker, or I plan to ask someone to help me follow Jesus. All right? If you don't know who that person is yet, that's fine too. But I want you to check that. Yes, I want to meet with someone who's going to help me learn how to follow Jesus. Okay? If that's not you or doesn't apply to you, then you are ready to be a disciple maker. You are ready to help someone else. And so what we're going to do is, you're going to check that box, and then uh, for two Sunday nights, and you just that's going to be the same training session, Lori and I are going to be at Trace Place. You're going to sign up for one of them. We're going to feed you something light, probably, and we're going to give you some tools and explain some tools. Most of them are in a workbook type of format that you are going to take someone else through. So you don't know... We're going to help you where to start and know how to end. This material is going to help you. And then we're also going to share some other things to make sure you're ready and know what you're getting into. I mean, there is a, there is a commitment. But I don't want us to just keep doing what we're doing, even if we've got a good thing going, when I know Jesus has called all of us, if we're a disciple, to make a disciple. Some of you might do both hey, I'm not super far along in my walk, so I want to meet with someone that's going to take me further, but I bet you I can take someone through something um, smaller on the front end of their walk with Christ. Awesome. If, if you are both, check both, but make sure you check one of those Sunday night training sessions, all right? If you cannot make one of those training sessions because you're deathly sick or dead, it's your only options out, then come see me. Now, come see me, and we'll do our best, okay? But we really want you to commit to this, okay? Um, so name, gender, phone number, so we know how to reach you. Age category, that's just to help us out for if we need to match uh, people up with around the same age or not. We're, we're just, again, we are letting the Holy, we have a guide, and we are letting the Holy Spirit just kind of lead. We're going to wrestle through this and struggle through this. Well, how do you know you're going to have enough this? I don't know. I just want to do something more intentional. we got to do something better so that we, as Truth and Grace Fellowship, are multiplying and we're not only relying on a certain few to do all the training, equipping, coaching, and discipling. Let's all do it together. You guys, you can do this. We're going to do our best to make it easy as far as giving you tools in your hand. The hard part's going to be commit and wrestle yourself. And Man, how do I handle this? My goal is to be a coach or a disciple of disciple makers. I'm here for you as a, you know, as just giving some feedback. I know Josh would love to help out with that. My wife, I mean, we're going to help you. And just, just so you know, men to men, women to women, when we're talking about one-on-one, okay? 
don't be getting, oh yeah, I'm going to put her name down. I'm single. I want her to disciple me. Okay, none of that, guys. Sorry. Um, men to men, women to women, okay? So that's kind of your response team. Uh, worship team, come on up. We'll, we are going to close with the song. Um, so look over that. Respond to it in a way that God is leading you to. I've made it easy for you. I know you're tempted. Oh, I'll just take it home and think about it, and you're welcome to do that. We don't force anyone to do anything here. We just invite you to, but more than likely you'll forget to bring it back, and then nothing's going to happen, and you're going to be the same old you, and I want you to be a more Jesus you, okay? Um, so if you're here this morning, that can be one of the ways that you respond. If you're here and you, you don't, you don't even, you're not even sure where you stand with God, and you just, man, I, just, I really need to give my life to him because I'm lost without him. Yes, you are. Just agree with the Word of God. We all are lost without God and we need Him. You can come, kneel at an altar. The altar over here on my right, you can just come and pray and no one will bother you if you want it just to be you and God time. If you need to respond and come to the altar on my left, someone will come up and pray with you and for you about something. And they'll probably talk with you. Let them know how they can be praying for you. If you want to know more about giving your life to Christ or whatever, I'm always around here longer. Come up, I'd love to talk with you. I don't want you to miss an opportunity to respond to God in a way that He is giving you to respond. Some of you during the song, you can just go ahead and walk back to that table and put, that in the, uh, put, put it in the basket back there already. There's not a right or wrong. Just be obedient. We're going to be focused on obeying Jesus in a discipleship one-on-one way this year at Truth and Grace. You'll hear more. Josh and I are actually going to preach through the core values uh, of Trace. And one of the things we're going to emphasize is those aren't just core values, but they're actually um, expected outcomes, too, um, so we can gauge our growth. So I'm going to go grab my guitar. I have no idea what song we're singing. (laughs) Neither do they. So you have a little bit of extra time to thank and pray as you need to respond to God.